I am Douglas Little, founder, perfumer, and creative director for Heretic Perfume. You are listening to the I Am Heretic podcast. These podcasts are an exploration of the senses with a focus on fragrance, how it's made, the effects it has, and the incredible people it has led me to meet. I am thrilled to be joined today by the incredible Gemma Foster, who I recently met in London at an event that we did with Goop for our Floorgasm fragrance. Gemma is not only an incredible artist, but she also happens to be the owner of Mama Xanadu. Mama Xanadu is an experiential concept of mysticism, herbalism, craft cocktail, and dining. Could you shed some more light on this? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good summary. It's sort of neither one thing nor the other. It's sort of morphed and grown organically over the years. And it's essentially a way of expressing the information that's come to me over the last sort of seven or so years, particularly in a sort of tactile, sensual way that people can engage with, whether that's through imbibing a drink or it's through taste and touch and smell and eating, or it's through workshops and creation. It might be through an artistic expression. So it's just using all the different kind of playful forms to get people to engage with nature on a different level. And I was so, so excited to talk to you about this because I think that right now, especially this time of year, people are so engaged with entertaining and you've got people that are coming over and you might want to do a little cocktail party or it's you know you're going to do something for Christmas or for whatever during the holidays and you want to do something a little different and I think especially New Year's Eve is another time where people are really not going out as much and they're entertaining more in their home and I just felt that what you did at this event was so incredible and I wanted to be able to have you share what you're doing with our listeners because I really believe that the concept of Mama Xanadu and Wild Alchemy is so heretic and so I wanted to just give you a platform to talk about this so just to kind of break this down the meat and potatoes of it is that Mama Xanadu Wild Alchemy is a service that someone can purchase uh yeah like for launch parties and things like that people will kind of bring us in and we'll have we have a roaming pop-up Wild Alchemy bar and so that would be considered I mean again I'm just trying to really break it down for listeners so you in essence are a caterer is that correct either we'll have a bar and we'll appear in the bar or I'll do intimate dinners and like when I'm working on the food like we will do canapes as well um as a part of the bar but if I'm doing the food it's really kind of bespoking the meal to the astrology to it's working on all the different levels to create something that's very unique for the guests and so does a client come to you with these ideas or do you come to the client so the client will come to me and they'll say this is the thing that we want to do we're launching this product this is the timing of it the date so then often I, I will cast a chart an astrological chart for it can either be what's happening on the day the transits or it can be say the birth of a of a company of, a, of an idea of a brand you can cast the birth chart of that and then i use that as a sort of initial template and then also looking at seasonality and storytelling because that to me like the kind of mythology and the folklore around plants is what kind of drew me in initially so trying to find ways to tell their story through the medium of of plants. That is incredible. (laughs) It's such a cool idea. Where did you come up with this? Uh, Again, like kind of happened in a really sort of roundabout way. For quite a while, I didn't really know how anything connected. So I was was writing 
and I was sort of really kind of in the realms of fiction and that's what drew me into vibrational medicine and studying esoterica and really trying to figure out how the universe works and at the same time I was living on my narrowboat Xanadu which I named after the Kublai Khan poem by Coleridge which is uh, Xanadu the stately pleasure dome decree so that's I wanted to kind of create this space that you kind of this portal that you entered into and I was just doing very intimate supper clubs with people on the boat and I was more interested at that point in in storytelling and molecular gastronomy than I was in the kind of medicinal aspect of it and that kind of came through was fed back in later when having sort of gone down the rabbit hole of uh, homeopathy and uh, shamanic uh, energy work and practices and sound and vibration all very kind of out there etheric realms uh, I then wanted to have a relationship which went beyond uh, you know, into the physical I wanted to be able to see plant and know and know it and have a relationship with it so that's what kind of brought me eventually into working directly with plants so the narrow boat do you still have it yeah I do on the canal next to the studio in in uh, Hoxton. That's incredible. So you still use that as a as a kind of a test lab? Yeah. Well, now it's fortunately expanded into the studio lab, which is because it's 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 not. I mean, in terms of space, and the number of times I'd be doing supper clubs and I wouldn't have, I'd run out of water or there wouldn't be any gas or I'd be doing it by candlelight. I mean, it was always sort of like (laughs) (laughs) comic in the sense, you know, like how I was even doing it. But, um, you know, now I have, I do have a space where I can kind of be a bit more experimental. Um, So at the moment I'm living on the marabout. And so she's moored up next to the studio and yeah, I don't have much of a commute. Do you have a background in catering and food or was this something that came to you just as you were developing the idea? Yeah, I think that's the thing. It sort of happened again in, I've always been, I guess, a sort of feeder. So I was always cooking for people. I've always been a very intuitive cook. I've never been formally trained. So when I was still writing and I was writing, I was working with film and scripts and, you know, very, um, I began as a journalist, but I was working at writing fiction. And then I was doing these studies in primarily in the vibrational realm, slowly working its way down into physical reality. And at the same time, I was doing the supper clubs on the boat. So they kind of took a while for them all to align into and distill into this thing that is now wild alchemy. So the the training that I was experiencing through vibrational medicine, through plants, through um, herbal medicine, through foraging, ethnobotany, all of that was just kind of sort of feeding back into a creation. Like I think for me as a writer, it's, you know, it's an art form. It's a way of expression. It's it's storytelling. And that's the same thing when, you, when you're making food, you're putting food on the plate, you're telling a story, you're making a drink, you're telling a story. It's to me, it's just another way of expressing a different sort of art form. And it's a way of really getting people to connect a very real level. And I think that this is the main reason that I wanted to bring you onto the podcast was that the similarities of 
the storytelling that you're doing are identical to the storytelling that happens with fragrance. Mm. You know, I always say that there are so many parallels between wine, food, obviously anything that involves the senses, you know, you can draw the parallels between. But especially with what you're doing, you know, I think that the idea of working with these incredible botanic materials and then drawing in this vibrational aspect makes for something that is so unique and so different. And I I really applaud you for doing this. So who are some of your clients that you work with? Um, It can range. I mean, I actually quite like working with some of the more corporate clients because you you can often have someone who, like we did something at Taste London for, for Diners Club, and you can have people then who have never seen a tuning fork in their life. They don't know what an, an essence is. You're introducing them to something which you know whatever they take away from it and how or whatever level it goes in like it's something that will set them off on a, on a different path you took our fragrances and picked a couple of them and translated them into cocktails which were extraordinary looking and they tasted even better could you tell us how you came up with the idea for the cocktails and then maybe walk us through one of the recipes yeah sure i mean i lo- I, I love the floorgasm concept i mean it was just as soon as i uh, it came on my radar i was like this is this is brilliant <laughs> I mean, it was it was quite an easy task, really. So then to translate that into the drinks, I had been working with a vermouth brand called Longitude Amsterdam, who I they have beautiful rosé vermouth, which is very kind of hints oh of cacao. God. It's very rich. It's very central. So I paired that with vodka that I infused with jasmine, ylang lang, and some pink peppercorn. And I kind of ended up doing quite a sort of 50-50 with that. And I think it's something that I would always encourage people. I'm not a, particularly a recipe person. I'm because of the way that I work is very intuitive, and I really invite anyone to play and to figure out what what works for you. So it should be fun. It shouldn't be, you know, like obviously there is an element of um, the science lab within it, but there's also you got to have play, and that's really key. So we have the rose vermouth and the infused vodka, uh, then a whole hibiscus flower, which in syrup, and and it's sort of just sort of for a visual. I mean, it looks a little bit like the flowering tea, you know, it's there and it's like a little alien creature in your glass. <laughs> And then I blended 42 orchid essences. So I have these beautiful orchid essences. Yeah. Where do you find those? Well, they're made actually in Scotland. They're made on an island in the Outer Hebrides. And they have vast space filled with these beautiful orchids. And they make these essences. It's incredible in Scotland. Yeah. And they're really quite magical. And they're very central. And there's something so magical about orchids, like fungi kingdom. They're just so extraordinary. And then we top that with a little bit of champagne. But essentially, you're infusing a vodka with a flower. You can do that with rose. You can do it with jasmine. And, and again, it's like something that anyone can play with. And the thing to watch is plants that are high in tannins. Like there's a tipping point between that very delicate you know, scent and then it becoming quite bitter. One of the things that I love that you did was the printed piece that went into the cocktails. Can you tell listeners about that and how you did it? I have a special printer. Well, it's not special. It's just a printer that's never been used for anything other than printing edible ink onto rice paper so i printed the different elements so there's again it's something like uh the kind of ritualistic process of ingesting something so when you're you're working with the elements in the way that people might have used the water element of the moon to frequency to attune to their to their drink they're imbibing the the water 
element within the rice paper. So it's, again, it's another way of bringing that, calling in that intention. I'd love to hear how alchemy plays a role in what you're doing. I mean, alchemy ultimately is transmutation. It's transformation. It's the deconstruction of things into into pieces and putting them back together in in an exalted way. And when you're working with nature, if you think of like the distillation process, like ancient alchemists be working very strongly with the earth and with the cosmos. So you would never separate what you're doing from what's going on in the stars and the cosmos. You know, in that process of distillation, you're releasing the vapors, the alcohol up into the spirit, into the heavens to then be exalted and to come back down through the condensation process into something that is enriched and charred. So it's a process of refinement, of distillation. You're drawing out the essence, the essential, the core, the quintessence of that plant. So how you're working with it, what the intention is for the for the medicine that you're creating, for the remedy you're creating, and working with the support and alignment of the stars in that process. It's perfectly related to the idea of mixology and to cooking. You think about, you know, the concept of transformation of just something as simple as an egg and then cooking it. I mean, that concept could be related in metaphorical to the idea of alchemy and the concept of transformation. Mm, completely. I think we're we're alchemists and everyone's an alchemist in the kitchen we're alchemists and we have the potential to be alchemists in everything that we do within our own progress that we make through life and how we do that we're we're, it's an invitation to be part of that alchemical process all the time absolutely and i think that you know anytime you can bring these other elements like what you're doing you know the concept of fragrance the concept of working with herbs and nature-based medicine in any capacity that you're working with it i think these tiny bits and pieces they really help to enrich your life and bring a deeper connection to not only yourself, but then your surroundings. Mm, for sure. Gemma, for someone who is looking to do something that was a more attainable version of what you do, could you walk people through kind of a less complicated version? It's the first thing is to use what's on your doorstep. Things like rosemary and thyme. I mean, they're incredible plants and herbs to be using. It's okay to use what you have. Use what you know. If you have any kind of understanding of foraging, even sort of simple things like nettles, start to just bring them in and don't be afraid of them. And you can experiment by making infusions. So you can, there's plenty of also edible flower places that you can, you can order flowers online. You obviously want to make sure that any uh, flowers that you're ordering, that they're non-GMO and they're organic and so on, but you can, provided they're edible, you could be working with most things. So, you know, you could begin to do a rose infusion. So you just have a bottle of vodka and take the rose petals and often with rose because that's so high in tannins it doesn't need very long you could just be doing it short sort of eight to 12 hours overnight uh, and then be part of the whole process taste it shake it smell it look at it like how is it feeling does it feel right is this you know leave it a bit long leave it a bit too long and you know you, you have to start again but it's just not to be afraid of the process you're the alchemist at home but just be very use your intuition and then you have your infusion but you could do a rosemary infusion you can do orange zest you could do cloves you know it's infinite you could do these all kitchen kitchen herbs and spices that you can use so that's your base and then in terms of making a cordial 
Cordial is essentially you're making a, a tea and you're sweetening it, however which way you'd like to sweeten it, whether it's with sugar, with honey. Honey should never be at a higher temperature than the, the body temperature. So that's one to watch for. But you can use any rice syrup, whatever it is that you would prefer to sweeten it. And again, it's like, how much do you want it sweetened? How sweet do you want it to be? Like it's, you know, don't be restrict yourself to recipes. And then with sodas, you can also infuse soda with with plants too. I use cacao husks to infuse soda. We infused for the, the event that we did together. I did twenty four karat gold, which is gold leaf that you can you can you can find that online. And that's a great one for the festivities. It feels so indulgent and luxurious. And then in terms of the essences, flower essences are are relatively common to come by, but you very simply start with crystal essence. You know, if you have any crystals or if you just pick one crystal, maybe just like a rose quartz and check out online what's happening with the with the stars like think about your star sign and when the moon is constantly moving through this the zodiac so you can find out the day that the moon is in your sign and do it that day or you can do it on the full moon if you want to release things if you want to call something in do it on the the new moon this is so fun i, I just love it Gemma, thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through this. I think this has been, it's been so interesting and fascinating. And one of the things that I always love to wrap up with is, Gemma, can you tell me what is your most erotic fragrance memory? I think walking through a rose garden in Morocco, it was just an explosion of scents in so many different ways. And it's just and also part of being in Morocco and the sun and the heat. And it just, it really stuck with me that moment. That's a really good one. Out of the heretic fragrances, is there one fragrance for you that resonated with you? The Dirty Rose. Oh. And Rose, it would definitely be up there on my desert island disc of plants. Really? It's an incredible ally on an energetic level. Like it really is very potent. And Rose and Frankincense in terms of the essentials, the, they have the highest frequency that we, we know, about 380 megahertz. It's like an infinite packet of potentials and it does get overlooked, but it's, it's a real alchemist in itself and it can, it can really assist a lot of deep healing and trauma. Gemma, thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through this. I think this has been, it's been so interesting and fascinating. And how can listeners find out more about you? I am on mamazanadu.com and my Instagram handle is at mamazanadu. For listeners, Gemma is going to be kind enough to share her recipe for the Florgasm cocktails and possibly a couple more, which we will be publishing in an email. And if you are enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to please rate the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. And you can always find us at hereticparfum.com. 